assures us in Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 10 for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them welcome to faith to faith here are your hosts Etty McClintock and Braden Enterman Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. We are glad that you've joined us again on the program. Braden and myself are delighted to have your company. Now, in the intro of our program, we quote that wonderful text from Ephesians chapter 2 where it says that by grace are you saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So every time we've been running this program, and I think this is about program number 38, Braden. Wow, We've been, <laughs> time flies. It has, it has been flying this for sure. Um, we are quoting that text about grace. Well, today we're going to talk about grace, and our title for the program is Bucket Loads of Grace. So I'm intrigued by the title, and I look forward to us unpacking it. But just as we start, we just invite you to join us for a word of prayer. Gracious Father of heaven, we are so grateful. We refer to you as gracious. We refer to you as loving And, Father, we know that you are through experience as we've been claiming the promises in your word. And thank you for your grace and your love. We know that of ourselves we cannot do anything and we cannot be saved. But because of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, because of the abundant grace we receive through him, Father, we are saved. Not only that, Father, you're also able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And, Father, as we unpack this beautiful Story today about the abundant grace, superabounding grace, bucket loads of grace. We just pray for your blessing and grace upon each one of us. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So when you think of bucket loads of grace, quite often you think of buckets filled with something. You know, it could be maybe water or something. And, uh, you know, people quite often, if they have a leak in the bucket, they think, well, um, that's a little bit of a challenge. I know, I know of a story, for example, where a man had a leak in a bucket, and this allegory where the buckets started talking to each other. One bucket was whole and kept all the water, and the other one had a bucket that had a little bit of a leak in it. And as it was walking, he had to walk one or two miles to go and get the water and then get back to his property. Um, the, the whole bucket was saying to the leaky bucket, listen, you are a leaky vessel. At least I'm whole. I retain all my water, but you are actually not suitable for your purpose. So the the, the broken bucket, the one with the little crack in it that was leaking as it was walking, was actually feeling pretty bad. And then through the, uh, through the allegory, it actually then goes to the bucket uh, feeling despondent. And then the owner saying, why do you feel despondent? Saying, because I'm not fulfilling my responsibilities like the whole bucket is, the one on the right-hand side. The one here on the left, you know, I just feel like I'm not, I'm not living up to expectations. 
and then the, the owner of the bucket said to him, but did you realize next time we walk down that path, you have a look. Along the path on the left-hand side, there's a lot of green and there's beautiful flowers that I've planted. And as I go past, you actually water them. But on the right-hand side, there's just barrenness and nothing. So God is able to use what you have, your abilities, to his honor and glory because of his grace. That's basically what it's saying. So today we're going to talk about uh, bucket loads of grace, not necessarily ones that leak, but ones that are super abounding and overflowing. And there's a text, I think, Braden, we were just talking about it before we started the program, found in Isaiah 44. And I wonder if you could just share that uh, with us, please, about God pouring his water on those who actually need it. So Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 3, and this is an amazing promise. And before I read it, God is the most generous being in the universe. Mm. He's the great fountain of blessing. Um, every blessing that we ever receive comes from him. Uh, the Bible actually says in the book of James that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Yes. Um, he doesn't change and he's faithful and he's kind. He's the most generous being in the universe. In uh, verse 3 it says, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the watercourses. I just find this such beautiful, beautiful imagery. You've got this imagery of God pouring out his spirit, his blessing upon this earth, and the world is likened to a desert. It's very much like our hearts. We are dry and barren. But God says, I'm going to pour out my Spirit, I'm going to pour out these floods of water on the dry ground. Mm. And it's interesting when it rains. Um, my family, um, I, I grew up living on a on a place where we didn't have town water. We just had tanks. Okay. And uh, we had big tanks, but they weren't enough for the droughts of Queensland. And so we get to these the stage where the tank is almost empty. And, you know, we're, we're on water restrictions to the max. You know, we're having small showers. We're not watering the, the garden anymore. We have to get some water uh, trucked in. And it's getting to that situation. It's pretty dire. Um, and then the rains come. Mm. And it's just so nice. You hear the water rushing through the gutters and just, you know, splashing on the tin roof. And then it's filling this tank. And it's just, it's just wonderful. But then it gets nearer and nearer and nearer the top. And then it starts to overflow. It's just pouring out. It's just flooding on this. We actually lived kind of near a quarry. So the ground okay. is super rocky yes. and super dry and very infertile. Um, but the water is just flowing out of the tank and we just can't contain the gift anymore. Mm. God has answered our prayers and the water is rushing down. That is kind of what God is willing to do to our spiritual lives and to his people when we ask. He says, I will pour water on the one who's thirsty. If you're crying out for something more, if you're crying out for the blessing that I can give, I will pour it out on you, just like a flood on a dry ground. Um, that's mm. the, the the amazing promise that God gives to us. Yeah, no, I, I love that analogy, you know, especially when there is a shortage of water and all of a sudden the floodgates of heaven in a sense are opened up and then you have more than you could ever need Matter of fact, you can't even you don't even have enough vessels or uh, you know, tanks to 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 capture all of it. We would grab random buckets just to put it under the overflow, just to have, mm. just to catch it. You know, you want to use it for something. It's just, but it's just too much. And this it, is what God offers each one of us. You know, even, that, that reminds me of the text there in Malachi chapter three and verse ten, and then it's the second half of the text. It says that God says, "I will open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out and use such a blessing." That there will not be room enough to receive it. Amen. 
So you know you, you've got you've got your tanks are full all of a sudden, and you've got so much more water now. You're trying to find other extra buckets just to capture the blessing that's coming from heaven. So that's what we're talking about today: bucket loads of grace. Now, there's also another text. This one is in the New Testament, and this is found in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 that deals with this abundant blessing that God is able to pour out on us. And we want to link this up with the concept of grace because once we're done with this program, I don't know if we can have a part two because quite often that happens when you start talking about these things. Um, we'll see how abundant the, the grace of God is, that it is actually super abounding. And this is found in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. And God actually tells us something here. He says, give and it will be given to you. So quite often you've got to cast your bread on the water. You know that text in the Bible, cast your bread on the water, and not many days from there it will return back to you. So here God is actually saying, give and it will be given to you. So this is a step of faith. So if you trust God, if I give, will I lose everything? No, you give. God says he'll give more to you. And how much will he give? He says, given it will be given to you, good measure. Okay, so far so good, good measure. Thank you for that, Lord. Pressed down, shaken together. You know, quite often if you have to put something in a little uh, jar, you know, and uh, you can't fit it all in, just give it a bit of a shake, and all of a sudden there's a little bit more room above the room, you know, just below the room, sorry, and you can fit a little bit more in. So here God's saying now, Pressed down, shaken together, and then not only that, running over will be put into your bosom. Isn't that amazing? It is incredible. <laughs> because I've been in that situation where I'm trying to fit something into a jar, and you just don't want to have that little bit left in the bag, or if you've got some granola or some kind of thing you want to put inside this, this jar, you keep shaking it, you keep patting it down, you keep pushing it, just hoping to get that last little bit in. Mm-hmm. This is a beautiful metaphor of God giving us more than we could possibly begin to fathom. You know, we're trying to contain it. We're shaking it down. We're trying to pat it down. We're trying to fit it. And then it just starts to overflow. Mm. Um, And I love what, because what I said before is that God is the most generous being in the the universe. He's trying to, he wants to use his generosity to promote generosity. Mm. He wants to pour out this beautiful water of his spirit and grace into our lives so that we in turn can be like that bucket. Overflowing rather than leaking, but overflowing overflowing, and being a blessing to those around us. That reminds me of what Jesus said in John chapter 4. He said that um, his people would become like a fountain of everlasting life, Mm. a fountain springing up to everlasting life, just refreshing everyone around them. And so the great fountain, which is God, the fountain of blessing, um, I remember that song, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Yes, Praise him all creatures here below. he then designs that we should become, number one, we should receive his gift, then give that gift out to others. So we're basically like the miniature fountain. He pours himself into us, and then he pours his blessing out of us to the world around us. Mm. And that's the great plan of salvation. We receive his kindness to show kindness to others. We re- Very interesting that um, there's a story where Jesus fed the 5,000. Yes, and he gave to his disciples, and what did they do? They, well, gave, they, it, ga- they gave to all the other people. They got them to sit down, and they were handing out this food and handing out this food. But it all started with something that was like, was it five loaves, two fishes, something like that? That's right. Just a meager pittance for five. And there were 5,000 men, wasn't it, besides women and children? Could be well over 10,000 people. Yeah, yeah, and a significant amount of people. How do you feed people just with a little bit like that? This is so interesting because you've got Jesus at the middle um, and by putting his trust in the Father and praying that 
the needs of the people around him would be supplied, he becomes, as it were, the fountain of blessing. Um, the, the, the fish and the bread are being handed out, and the disciples are coming back to that great fountain. Yes. They receive basket loads of this bread and this fish, and then they don't sit down and eat it. The interesting thing I like there is, but Jesus, before he eats, he gives to the others first. Interesting. Then he gives, but he gives to his disciples. And before the disciples eat, they got to hand this food away. Now, there's not a lot of food to go around with when this starts. That's right. But as they start handing out, it's just more food and more food and more food coming. An example of what we just read about there in Luke chapter six and verse thirty-eight: "Give, and it will be given to you." Jesus demonstrates that. He gives first before he eats. He gives to the others first. The disciples give before they then have for themselves. And when everybody then has got food, then the disciples eat. Then Jesus eats. But what happens subsequent to that? How much food is left over? Because everybody eats to the full. This, Jesus did this on two occasions, the Bible records. Mm. And on both times, basket loads, bucket loads were left over. That's right. Was it? Yes. And one time it was twelve. Yeah, with the five thousand was twelve baskets. That's twelve right. baskets full of food. And, and then with the four thousand, I think was it seven baskets. Seven baskets or yes. something like that. That's right. Um, there was always more than enough. Always more than enough. Um, and and this is just an example of everything that God is. We we make a huge mistake when we consider God to be stingy. Mm. When we consider him to be uh, a miser who just holds back and will only give if you meet these certain, you know, little, you got to jump all the, through all the hoops and yes. um, and all the hurdles. God is presented as someone who distributes his blessing because he wants to bless. It just pours out upon everyone. You know, would it be would it be right of us to say that every person in that audience of five thousand was worthy? Not at all. No, you couldn't say that, could you? No, there was yeah. there was people there who were there for the wrong reasons. There were people who were there because they were curious. There were people who there, who were there because they wanted to crown him king. Mm. There was a few people there for the right reasons, but Jesus did not ask, "Are they here for the right reasons? Are they da da da?" He bestows a blessing upon them because he sees they're hungry, and he wants to help them. This he is the fountain of blessing, and he is calling his people to receive the blessing, and then hand it on to other people. Um, this great big torrent of grace and mercy that's flooding out to the world, um, and a great torrent of healing. Jesus is the great fountain of healing as well. Um, you can think of all the times where he healed um, the sick and, and raised the dead. And what did he give to his disciples? The commission to do the same. Same, yes. To, to, to carry this work of healing and blessing and, and teaching the gospel to the world. It all starts with Jesus, mm. and it's limitless, bucket now, loads of it. And I love what you brought out there in regards to our worthiness or our qualification to receive this. It's not because we're qualified for it. It's not because we are worthy or we've done any works of righteousness. It is because God just does this. It is in his nature. It's in his character to be merciful and gracious, whether it be good or whether you be bad. And really, if we look at the gospel, we know that we there's no one good, no, not one. That's All right. have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus, even when he has the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking to the people. Um, he says to them there that they are to be merciful as their Father in heaven's merciful. Or even says that you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven's perfect. But in what sense are they to be, be perfect? He says there that uh, you may be like your Father in heaven who makes his Son rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends his reign on the just and on the unjust. So then he says to them, based on that, you know, you want to copy what your father is. He says, I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, 
and uh, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. It says, well, if you love those who um, love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what more do you do than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So that giving that we've just been reading about, that giving as God demonstrates, is how we are to give. And we are to have the same spirit and the same attitude that Christ had. Now, how do we receive a spirit and attitude like that Because by nature we are a little bit more egocentric Aren't we? we? We like to hang on to stuff When you look at little kids you know, And I've observed this over the years A boy might have two cars And a little friend comes to play And especially early on you know, they, They're not used to friends visiting all that often <laughs> But their little friend comes over They're excited to see the little friend But now the little friend all of a sudden wants to play with this little kid's toy And you go hang on but this is my toy You can't, be, you can't play that Because in his mind Playing with a toy means ownership. That's right. But these are mine. Yeah. <laughs> and then he hangs on to both of them and his little friend standing there with no toys. Then even if mom, he wasn't playing with them before. <laughs> even if he wasn't playing with them before. that Or she's got two dollies, you know. Yeah. And then so what happens is they, uh, the mum comes and says, no, it's nice to share. I know it's yours, but you've got to share with your friends. You've got nothing. And you each can play with it. And then they realize, okay, well, there's fun and sharing and giving. So kids need to be taught this. And God teaches us as well and demonstrates this. But how does he enable us to have the same mind, the same attitude that Christ has? How do we get this? How can we become like Christ? Well, I'd just like to read a verse before we answer that. Okay. Um, In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7. And it just once again just takes that little bit step further with um, understanding the the proportions of this gift, the bucket loads of grace. Mm. Um, Verse 7, it says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Mm. Each one, every single person. Okay. So there's there's no exclusion. So this is uh, what we call good or bad. That's right. Irrespective. Every person has been extended the right hand of God's favor. Or another imagery like when Esther was extended that, that scepter. scepter, yes. God has extended His scepter of peace, mm. uh, reached out His hand of favor towards us, um, to everyone, no matter what their background, no matter what they've done, and it then teaches us and tells us in this verse how big this gift is. You know, Paul writing here, there's nothing that he can do to show us how big it is, except to com- to equate it with the. The vast proportions, the limitless proportions of the gift of Jesus Christ, mm. which is God, the fullness of the Godhead being packaged in a human being as a gift to the human race. Yes. God giving everything for human beings. And so Paul says, you've been given a gift. Every single person has been given a gift of grace that is so big and so vast, bucket loads of it, it's as limitless as the very gift of Christ himself. That is the amount of grace that you've been given. Yeah, wow. And this is given to everybody. Now, is it possible for people to actually have received this grace and not even really know about it? Yeah. I guess the one of the reasons why we're having this program today is to make people aware of this grace. You know, something interesting happened to me uh, barely a week ago now. My wife and myself had just been to New Zealand. We had uh, done some programs there with a couple of churches and while we were there, we went to the ATM just to get some cash out. So we had some cash, local currency, New Zealand dollars, so we could um, you know, use that. And uh, we realized then when we went back into our 
app on our phone, the bank account, it actually had taken it not as cash out of our bank like it used to, and I think it's only, this is something that's changed only in the last two years. It actually took it as a cash advance out of our credit card. Interesting. And there was no we <laughs> yeah, and there's interest. I mean, it's around 20, 21% or something like that, some crazy percentage. And we're thinking, how can we, this is not the first time it's happened, how can we change this, you know? So uh, we normally, when we find that out, we just go and pay the whole credit card, clean it out so there's zero balance because we don't want to pay interest. I don't want to pay money because there's money in the bank in our, in our check account, but we can't access it at the moment because for some reason they've, they've disallowed that. So we come back to the bank and we say, listen, how can we change this? We we're unhappy about the fact that every time we we used to be able to go in the past and just get money out, out of our account, now it just takes it automatically out of the credit card, which means now we have to pay interest. That just doesn't make any sense when there's money sitting there that we can use interest-free. And the lady said, but you have a debit card. I said, yeah, but that's hooked to a special account only used for special purposes. She goes, well, you realize if you set up a special account with us, for those who are over 50, I'm giving my age away now. <laughs> For those who are over 50, do you realize that you can actually use your debit card anywhere around the world with this facility and you don't pay any bank fees whatsoever? I said, right around the world? She goes, yes, it's an agreement amongst the banks that it's a global thing. If you go to any ATM, you can you can withdraw money after your 50 years plus and there's no, no fees on it. I go... Why hasn't anybody told me? I've been qualifying for this for more than a year. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting precise there. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and no one told me. So what I'm saying is this is such a, a blessing because if you do travel a little bit and you want money out now, I can now use my debit card. I just have to have that bank account set up. So what we're saying here is that to each one of us, grace was given. So this has been available all along to me through the bank. But what we're saying is through the bank of grace, God's bank, Salvational Bank, you know, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Limitless. <laughs> so, how big is the gift of Christ then? Um, is it? I think it might be in Ephesians as well. It talks about to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Yes, yes, yes. And it's, it describes the the limitless dimensions of the the love and goodness just, of God. Just the pre, the previous the previous chapter there yeah, talks about that. It says that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. I'm in uh, verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 3, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God? There we go. <laughs> so we can we really be filled with all the fullness of God? The Bible says so. Wow. But wasn't Christ filled with the fullness of the Godhead bodily as well? Uh, we read that in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. So is that the size of the grace, the measure of the grace that's been given to us? That's exactly right. What what Jesus was and what he received from the Father, that limitless measure of the Holy Spirit, is willing. God is willing to pour that into our lives so that we can re- reveal the character of God to the world. And people often misunderstand grace is given for a purpose. Um God's goodness toward us is designed to achieve a certain effect, mm. and that is to reproduce in us the character of God. Yes. When we receive God's right hand of favor when we don't deserve it, yeah, that that messes you up. Mm. When you're when you're a wretched sinner and someone shows you kindness, that 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 makes you spin out. You don't know what to do with that, yes. and it's it overcomes you. It's this tide of grace that washes over your soul and just transforms you. God's grace is designed 
to make us graceful. Uh, God's kindness is designed to make us kind, and that's just how it is. And I, I think of a verse here in Titus, the Apostle Paul writing to Titus, and um, it, it summarizes it so perfectly in verse 11. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So here we have that all men again. Everyone has got this right hand of fellowship extended, but they don't realize it often. Yeah, wow. Then it says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous or passionate to do good works. Mm, That is incredible. So there's so many things to unpack there. The grace of God, which brings salvation, has appeared to all men. So the merits, the attributes of God's character that brings salvation for every single person is not limited to only some people. It's all men. So that's all men and women because that word men there is obviously generic. And it says that the grace of God, and it can actually teach us. So we can actually learn from God's grace that we can deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and that we should live soberly and righteously and godly. Now, when are we supposed to do that? Because quite often we think, ah, somewhere in the future. One day. yeah, One day, yeah. But here it says in the present age. In the present age. So God's grace is sufficient for now. Don't think about just God's grace somewhere in the future he'll bestow upon you. It's it's come to all men, including you, dear listener. And also it says that it is available in the present age. And because of that, we can then look forward to this blessed hope and glorious appearing of a great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's interesting, the words soberly, righteously, and godly. We've been unpacking some of those words. Yes. Righteousness is God's character. Mm. Godliness is God-likeness. It's being like God. That's right, yes. And so God's character as it's revealed to us in his his the right hand of his favor extended to us the gift of jesus it does something in our lives to produce the character of god righteousness and godliness and sobriety um, um, in our lives in this present world that's what grace does and it's limitless if if we think that um we've done too much if we think that we're too bad you know the, the bible makes it very very clear where sin abounds so that means where there's a lot of sin, grace much more abounds. That means there's a whole whole bunch more grace. There's yes. more bucket loads of grace than there is sin. God has more grace to deal with our sin than we could possibly begin to fathom or imagine. That is incredible. Now, as we have just a few more minutes left in this program, dear listener, we hope you've, you've been able to uh, realize through the, the words from the Bible that we've been able to share with you the measureless grace of Christ, that it's super abounding. There's bucket loads of grace available for you today, today, if you believe it and accept it by faith. And then also that it doesn't miss out any single person. It's available to all. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So we've read a couple of texts on that as well. But there's a text we just want to close on because it actually talks there in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1 that we are not to receive the grace of God in vain. So in other words, we've all received it, but some people actually don't effectively utilize it. So dear listener, we pray that you would consider how you can experience the joy of the grace of the Lord and how the grace of the Lord is abundant and efficient for you because you are also a person that is the object 
of God's supreme regard. We look forward to catching up with you next time. Thank you for joining us today. God bless. for joining us on Faith to Faith. If you would like more information about today's program or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 024973-3456 or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We love to hear from you.